Hello everyone, this is Pastor Alex Alejandro reminding you that one encounter with Jesus Christ changes everything. God bless you and thanks for listening. Amen. Well, we're going to be in uh, in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy this morning. So uh, we're going to begin with 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. And I want to open by kind of saying what the letters to Timothy were. And, and, and the letters to Timothy are, are, are more relevant today than they have ever been. Because everything Paul says to Timothy here has to do with being ready uh, for the end times. Amen. Being ready for what's going to happen during those times which we are in. Everything that you hear, I want you to correlate it to today. Like when when we read these scriptures, I want you to think about what's happening today. Because you're going to see how how relevant it is when you do that. Don't read it or listen to it and, and think about what was happening in that time. Because it's important also to do that. But think about how it talks about today. Because the things that it's saying, it's happening today. Amen. Glory to God. So we want to talk about the warning that he gives first. And and both letters have a warning at the beginning of them or in the beginning chapters. This is 1 Timothy chapter 4 uh, verses 1 through 3. It says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. Amen. That in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Is that happening today? Amen. We see people leaving the faith. Glory to God. That's happening. It says, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. What does that mean to us today? Seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Well, if it isn't of God, it's of Satan. Amen. So us as believers, we can very quickly discern if it's of God or if it's not of God, because if it, is, if it does not correlate to the Holy Word of God, then it's not of God. Number one, that's it. Very quickly, we can go, does the Bible say that? If the Bible doesn't say that, it's not biblical. We can say, well, I'm turning from that. I can't put my trust in that. I can't devote my time to that. That's not what the scripture tells me. That's a false doctrine. Uh, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Amen. Uh, verse 2. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meat. So right there, verse 3. That's happening today. It's been happening for a long time. The, the covenant of marriage has been attacked by Satan because he knows that's family. If I can attack the family, I can dismantle the church. Because that's what the church is. Families together in Christ. And in, in the Bible, Jesus talks about church as a family unit. It talks about the husband and the bride. Amen? And it gives those correlations to the church. So it's very important. And that's why Satan wants to divide the church. Why he wants to divide families. Because if he can do that, he destroys the church. He destroys believers. Glory to God. So that's that's what's happening today. Amen. And this is commanding to abstain from meats. 
You know, that, that talks a lot about people's beliefs today. Some people believe you shouldn't eat certain things. You know, not even, not even just meat. Some people believe, oh, you, sh- you need to do this or you need to do that. They, they, wanna, they want to give you their doctrine when the Bible specifically says that everything God gave us was blessed of God. Amen? So we can't hear men's version. We got to hear God's version. We got to look at the Bible first. And then look at what they're saying. If it aligns with this word, then it's biblical. But if it doesn't align to this word, you got to run from it. You got to run from it. That's the warning that Paul was given to Timothy. He said, make sure that you stick to the doctrine, the word of God that you have been taught. Amen. And then it says, which God hath created, uh, talking about the meats, God hath created to receive with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Now, go uh, jump to 2 Timothy. We'll go back and forth. So keep your finger there on, on that page or uh, on 1 Timothy. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 15. I'm sorry, 1 through 5. Here's, here's the warning he gives in this second letter to Timothy. Verse 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. The word word perilous just means dangerous, not not good times. We're living in those times right now. Amen? But it's not for us to fear. That's what we have to make sure. We're living in dangerous times for everybody, especially for a church and for believers, because Satan is really trying to attack. Amen? He's always attacking. But we don't have to fear. Because we already know that these things are going to come. The Bible already speaks about the end times and how it's going to get worse before it becomes good. Amen, right? So we have to endure through these hard times in the faith. As long as you hold to the scripture, you hold to your faith, you hold to the word of God, you're going to be all right no matter what. But we, ha- we can't give in uh, to the things that are happening today against the word of God. It says uh, in verse 2, For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Amen? Say amen if that's happening today. Amen. Glory to God. That's what's happening today. Lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Amen? That's happening today. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And having a form of godliness. Now we can look at that and we can see that that is today. There's a lot of people that, that say, I'm of God. They have a form of godliness. But then it says what? Denying the power thereof. What does that mean? A lot of people can say they're of God. But the one way you can discern if they are of God, number one, is the Spirit working in their life. Because there is fruits of the Spirit. We can very quickly discern this as well. Because there's a list in the Bible of the fruits of the Spirit and what happens when somebody is filled with the Spirit of God. There is things that come out of that. There is miracles that happen out of that. There is miraculous things that happen when people allow the power of God to move instead of only allowing their power to be shown. We can discern that. So if we see that, 
We know that that's a form of godliness. It's only an imitation. And by the way, Satan is the biggest imitator of God. The reason he fell from grace is because he wanted to be God. He wanted to be like God. And so when we discern this world, when you look at the things of this world, first of all, if they're promising you miracles, that's a form of godliness. Because if they're not of God, they're promising you miraculous things, miraculous change, a new life, a new world. Who was the first person that did that? God. God did that. God's the one that makes the world. God's the one that's going to create a new world. God's the one that's going to give us new life. God is the one that's in charge of that. So when the world says they're going to do that, well, that's a giant red flag saying that's not God. That's Satan. Satan wants to imitate God, but he can't be God. He will never be God, but he will try to act like God in this world. And by the way, he does have dominion of this world. He is called the prince of this world. When he tempted Jesus, he said the same things that the world is telling us today. If you worship me, you'll have it all. If you worship me, you won't be without. If you worship me, you'll 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 live. You'll you'll be you'll be you'll be raised up. You'll be worried, you know, I'll give you position. I'll give you possessions. That's what Satan tempted Jesus with. And what did Jesus say back to him? The word of God. So when you're tempted by the world, when they're promising you possessions and position and, and, and glory, you, you've got to speak back the word of God. That's Satan trying to fool you into his false world. Amen? We can discern that as believers. We have the word of God to help us in that. And that is the message Paul gives to Timothy. And that is the message we have today. It's more relevant, uh, relevant today than it has ever been. It says here that there were going to be traitors, high-minded, this is verse 4, lovers of, of pleasure more than lovers of God. We see that today. Verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. The last thing he says there, from such, turn away. That's the warning Paul gives to Timothy. He said, turn away from them. You, you can't be of that type. You can't. You can't put your lot into people that are turning from God. Amen? Now, we can, we can love the sinner, but we don't love the sin. We can, we can go to people and ask them to accept Jesus Christ. We can, we can give them our testimony. We can, we can be that love, that compassion, that hand outstretched of Jesus, but it's their decision whether or not they're going to accept Jesus. After that, we are, we are released from that. Amen? You are. You're released from that responsibility. Once you have given them the option, the opportunity to receive Jesus, if they don't receive Jesus, that's on them. That's not on you. You've done what God has asked you to do. You've given them an opportunity to receive Jesus. He said, he said if they're going to have a if they're going to be like this, you turn away. You can't be in that mix of, of those uh, of those people, of that belief. Glory to God. So, so now he turns to talking to him about maintaining his faith. What, what should he be doing? What should we be doing today to make sure that we're maintaining our faith, to make sure we're aligned to this scripture and we're not being led of the world? Uh, go to 1 Timothy 4, 
1 Timothy 4, this is verses 10 through 16. Glory to God. It says, For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God. Amen? It's not easy being a Christian. People are going to come at you. They're going to ask you questions. They're going to say, well, if your God is so loving, then why did you do all these bad things? Why do all bad things happen to good people? We addressed that previous sermons. Amen. We know why things are happening. It's to show the glory of God. If there, if there wasn't evil happening right now, God's light would not be seen. Everybody would know God if it was just good all the time. But it's not easy to be a Christian. God's calling us to faith above all things, above reproach. Amen? He's calling us to be holy unto Him. We have to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm of God. I'm not going to believe that. I'm not going to be in that place. I'm not going to support that. I'm not going to be seen there because I'm a child of God. He's calling me to be holy. He's calling me to be separate from the world. It says, uh, and and it's going to be tough. That's why I say we're going to suffer a little bit. We're going to have reproach. But the good thing is we win in the end. We might suffer a little, but we have eternity with God in heaven after all this. It says, who is the savior of all men, especially of those that believe? Uh, Verse 11, these things command and teach. Talking to Timothy, he said, you know, command these things, teach these things. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. So we have ways to show who we are. That's what he gives right there. This is how we show who we are. Uh, in, in, in word, what we say comes out not like the world. Amen. Our words need to be of praise to God. Our words need to be holy. And what does that holy mean? Just separate. That means you're not going to use the language of the world. That, that's all it means. Instead of giving hate, you're going to give kindness. Instead of trying to make division happen, you're going to try to bring unity. Amen. That's all that means. It's just being separate from what the world is telling us to do. Uh, Verse 13. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Basically, he's just telling, hey, stay in the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God. Do what it says. If you do that, you're going to be fine. You're going to overcome. You're you're not going to be deceived. You're going to give an example by just being in the Word of God and doing what it says. Uh, verse 14, neglect not the gift that is in thee. We all have a gift, a ministry gift. Every one of us has a ministry gift. Whether or not you exercise it, whether or not you have found it or realized it, it's there. Each and every one of us has a ministry gift. And we can use that for God. So it says that not to neglect that. Search it out. Seek it. Pray about it. Ask God what it is. He'll reveal it to you which was given thee by prophecy. So he's talking about his gift, given to thee by prophecy, with a laying of, on of the hands of the presbytery, saying, we prayed over you, that we claim these things over you. That's why it's so important to come in faith and pray and have people put their hands on you physically and say, hey, I'm claiming this over your life in faith. I'm claiming healing. I'm claiming direction. I'm claiming financial security over you. Trust God. Move in that. That's what he was saying him, uh, telling him to do, just to keep going toward God. It says, meditate. Now look at verse 15. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly 
to them. W-H-O-L-L-Y, right? Holy, completely meditate on these things. When we seek God more than when we seek the world, we're going to come out better, right? We're going to be better. If we seek the world more than we seek God, then we're going to be like the world. Because we're going we're gonna to reflect whatever we look at, whatever we partake in. Our attitude, our, our body, our life, our words, our actions, they're going to reflect whatever we partake of most. So we have to ask our que- the question to our own selves. we got to seek our own heart. So God, am I seeking you more than I seek the things of the world? Is my time spent more on the things of, of this world, this life, the things that physical things that I can do here, that I can participate. Am I enjoying that more than your word and the spiritual aspect of my belief? Is that what I'm doing? Because if it is God, I need to I need to go back to your word more. I need to seek you more. I need to pray more. I need to I need to be my make myself available more to God and his will in my life than I am to the things of this life. We have to seek God more than when we seek the things of this world. Meditate, it says, meditate on it. Uh, look at verse 16. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Again, the word of God. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt save both, uh, both save thyself and them that hear thee. Now that's, that's, that, that, that's the last line there. We need to focus on that for a little bit. What is the outcome of being faithful to God? Being faithful to our faith. What is the outcome? It says you're going to save yourself. Well, you're not saving yourself. Jesus saved you on the cross. But what he's telling Timothy here, he's saying, if you continue in my word, if you continue in the things that you have been taught, not only is your example going to help you to save yourself from the world and its temptation, its distraction, it's going to save you from that. But then those that hear you, those that you're around, those that are closest to you, you're also going to affect them in a positive way. And they're going to be saved from all that. And they might come to the full knowledge of Jesus. Glory to God. That's the outcome of that. Amen. Uh, go, to first, go to 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 12 now. 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 12. It says, avoid, it's talking about avoiding the want of material things. Talks about the love of money right above that. And, and again, I want to iterate that, that money isn't evil and it isn't good. Money is neutral. It's what you do with it that makes it evil or good. Amen? Because the Bible talks about that. It says if you, if you trust God in your finances, then he's going to bless you in your fight. That's a biblical principle. That's one of the one of the things you see in the Bible where God actually says, "Test me on this." You know, don't test God on anything else. Okay, trust me. Don't test God on anything else. You know, don't jump off a cliff. Go, hey, save me, God. That's not what you do. Because again, that's what Satan uh, asked Jesus. He said, "Why don't you just throw yourself off of this this uh, temple? They'll catch you." It says he says he'll send angels. So that you don't even dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord your God. Don't tempt him. But the one thing God says that you can test him on is money. Because money is neutral. It's what we do with it that makes it evil or good. And and right here in Timothy, he's he's saying the root of all evil is the love of money. Why? Because money can get you things. If we base our life on how much we attain, 
and possessions and what we can do uh, for ourselves with the money, that makes it evil because that's selfishness. We can't do it that way. We have to give it to God. And if we give it to God and let Him rule over our finances, guess what? Your finances are blessed. They're not cursed because it's either one or the other. Either you give the money to God, which is His anyway, and you give Him back His portion of it. He says, all right, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen? You've been good over little. You can receive more because I trust you with what I've given you. And that's what makes it good in our hand to be able to give to others or to do what God is asking us to do with it. He blesses it. Amen. So 1 Timothy 6, 11-12, he's saying, But thou, O man of God. So he's talking to Timothy, right? Man of God. He's talking to us, the church, people of God. Flee these things. Talking about the love of money and possessions. Flee these things and follow after righteousness, uh, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. So again, I started this morning by talking about how we don't fight physically. We fight spiritually. He's talking about fighting the good fight of faith here. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. So he's saying, keep keep your faith. Amen? Fight that fight of faith. Fight that fight of faith. Stand up. We sang that song. Stand up for Jesus. Stand up for what you believe in. Because people are going to look at you and they're going to see if you're a person that's either real or not real. Are you, are you, okay, these Christians say that they're going to stand up for God, they're going to stand up for Jesus. Well, let me why. Let me see if that's true. Because if it isn't true, I don't need to be one of them. Because people want truth. No matter what, people want truth. And there is only one truth, the Bible. There's only one truth. But people seek truth because they want to know something that's real. And so if they look at us and they go, are these Christians really real? Do they really do what they say they're going to do? And so Paul's saying to Timothy, if you do, if you continue and you do the things that you're supposed to do, what the Bible says to do, if you continue and you fight that good fight of faith, fight against the temptation, fight against the, the need to want things, fight against that, look toward heaven. Look toward eternal life because people are watching and they're going to see you. And if they see you doing those things the right way, looking toward God, if your life points toward God, they're going to point them to the truth. And they're going to see you and they're going to seek that one truth. Glory to God. So be strong in the faith. Look at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1, 8 through 12. 2 Timothy chapter 1, 8 through 12. It says, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. You know, we can't be scared of this gospel. Amen. We can't be ashamed of the gospel. We can't be scared to speak it out. We can't be ashamed. That's our, that's our life. This word is our life. This word is our truth. This word is our direction. We can't be ashamed of it because that's where we're going. That, this is what leads us as Christians. So we have to make sure that we're bold about it. Nor of me his prisoner. So he, not only does he say, don't be ashamed of the, of the gospel, the testimony of our Lord Jesus. He says, nor of me, his prisoner. Why does Paul call himself a prisoner? Because he's captive by the love of God. He was also literally a prisoner. He was using the, that word there, 
two ways there. He's saying, you know what? I'm prisoner to God because I love God. I want to be captive by his love. I'm his prisoner. And he's also, he was also imprisoned. But yet he's talking about the goodness of God here. Uh, it says, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So he's saying, now we understand. So because now we understand that Jesus came, he died for our sins, we have eternal life. Now that we know that, we have to make light of that. We can't hide it. Amen? We can't hide it. As Christians, we got to let people know there is life after death. Amen? Not just physical, but the spiritual. There's life after death. This is not the end. You're either going to spend eternity in damnation, in hell forever, or you're going to be with God forever. Choose life or death. What are you going to choose? Because there is life after death. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we have to let people know that. Otherwise, it stays in the darkness. And people keep being um, distracted by other things. And they might look toward God, but they won't understand it. Because if they're not seeking it, if they're not reading this word, and if the believers aren't making light of it, how are they going to know? We have to let them know. So we've got to be strong in that faith and not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Look at verse 11. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. This is Paul talking. He says, he says my ministry was the Gentiles. God gave me them to preach unto them. That's what he was saying. He said, and you've been given something. We've all been given people to preach to. Amen. And nobody likes to say, I'm going to preach to you. But that's what, how he uses here. Preacher just means somebody who's going to tell you about God. The gospel, right? So, so you're appointed as a person in, in, in your family, in, in your surroundings, in your social circle. You're appointed. God's saying, you're the one I'm going to use to tell them about God. You're the one I'm going to use to show them who Jesus is. So we have to take hold of that. Glory to God. It says, for, for I'm not ashamed. It says, nevertheless, I am not ashamed. This is verse 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. We sang that this morning, didn't we? Amen. Glory to God. I did that on purpose. <laughs> okay. Glory to God. But it says, if we commit ourselves to God, He's able to do what He needs to do through us. We just got to be available. God's going to do what He's going to do. Amen? Either we're in line with His purposes and righteousness in our life, and we get to be partakers of that, and we get to be blessed by that, and we get to move people to Christ in that, or we're just on the sideline watching it. How many like to be on the sideline watching everything? Not all of us, do we? Do we? we don't like to be watching in the sidelines. I, my, my daughter plays basketball now. It's hard for me to watch in the sidelines because I have played basketball and my coach heart comes out of me, right? 
And I'm going, hands up, you know. I'm trying to play the game for her. And, and that's hard to do on the sidelines, amen. I'd rather be playing. And, and God is saying, do you want to be on the sidelines or do you want to be playing this game? Do you want to be part of this, of this game, this salvation, this, this, this gospel, this message that can change lives, that can disrupt all the evil in this world, that can overcome? Do you want to be part of that? Or are you just on the sidelines yelling at everybody else that's already doing it? Glory to God. Uh, go to 2 Timothy now. Verses or chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. That's a big word, grace. And verse 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. He's saying, you're going to proclaim it. You're going to teach them. And guess what? Now they're going to be teachers. So, so think about how this works. If you're faithful to God and you're faithful in what he calls you to do, and you're faithful to this Bible, this reading of the, of, of the gospel of Jesus. If you're faithful to that and you begin to proclaim it to other people, you begin to teach them what it says, you begin to live what it says, you begin to make change in people's lives. You begin to be, you're in the game and you're affecting people's lives and you're changing their lives for the better. And God is saying, well done, good and faithful servant. And I want God to say that. Above all things, I want God to say, well done, good, faithful servant. Three words, good, faithful servant. That's what we got to be for God. That's what Paul was asking Timothy to be. And that's what we're asked, where we're asked to be today because it's more relevant now than ever. The closer we get to Jesus coming back, the harder things are getting here on earth, the more your light's going to shine when you choose to play, when you choose to to show Jesus. People are seeking it and they want the truth. And it says, uh, so the things I heard, just to look at verse three, verse three here of chapter two. Thou therefore endure hardness. Yeah, that's tough, right? You gotta endure hardness. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no man that worth entangleth himself in the affairs of, his, of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Who's Who's the him that chooses us to be a soldier? That's God, right? In the name of Jesus, we're soldiers. So we're here to endure because of Jesus, because he endured for us. Jesus endured the cross for the righteousness that was going to be set before him. Amen. He saw heaven. He saw all of us in heaven. He saw the potential of all of us at that moment if we choose Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So he saw that. So he endured because of the righteousness that he was set before him. So the same thing is being asked of us today. Are we going to endure as faithful, uh, good servants of Jesus Christ? Are we going to endure a little bit here to claim that we are Christian, to live it, to be the example, and to show people the way? We just have to endure a little bit of hardness because after this is glory with God in heaven for eternity. Can we endure a little bit to receive a lot? I think so. Amen. If anybody asks you this question and says, hey, uh, I'll sell you this awesome 
thing, you, you put whatever you, you know, in your mind, I'll sell you this thing with all the bells and whistles for just $2. You know, just give me 10 cents and you can have it. Well, all of us are going to jump at that chance, right? We're, we all love bargains. Amen. Glory to God. Yeah, that's good when you can buy a lot with a little. And that's what God is saying here. He's saying you're just going to have to endure for a little bit, but you're going to receive everything in heaven. You're going to receive all things in heaven because you endured like I endured for you on that cross to receive all things. Amen. Glory to God. So the word of God is key. Uh, go to go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 15 through 16 now. The word of God is key to all this. Verse 15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. So who approves you when you read this? See, because when we read this, nobody's watching. I mean, unless you're walking down the street out loud, you know, nobody's watching you do this. This is the intimate thing you do with God. This is what we do with God. He's the one that's going to approve you when you study this word. You go, God, I'm here to meet with you. What's your word got to say to me today? I'm here to meet with you. This thing's full of promises. It's full of good. It's full of instruction. When you feel lost, open this up. When you feel anxiety, open the word. When you feel scared, open the word of God. Show thyself approved unto God by studying the word of God. That's what it says. And then it says, A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Amen. If we don't have the word of God in us, we can't give anybody a good word. The only thing that's going to come out is us. And that's just going to increase the sin. That's what it says. If we're not full of the word, we're full of ourselves. And when people ask us about what we think about certain things in this world, if we can't go back to the word of God, we shouldn't even say anything. And as a matter of fact, don't. Only give them the word of God. If they're asking you about certain situations in life today, you can say, hey, I'll get back to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what the Word of God has to say about that. And then go back to the Word of God and search it. Give Him a good word. Study to show that self-approving. Give a good word. Amen. Glory to God. Look at uh, 2 Timothy now. This is uh, chapter 3, 16 through 17. It says, All Scripture, amen, all of it, is given by inspiration of God. If anybody asks you and says, well, who wrote the Bible? God didn't write the Bible. Man did. No, you can say, no, man put the words to paper, but God inspired them to write those words. It was the Holy Spirit that wrote this. God, inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, rough, thoroughly furnishing unto all good works. This is how we get through. The Word of God is the only way we get through this life. There's, there's nothing else better. There's no other truth than this truth right here. Amen. Go to 2 Timothy 4, 2 through 4 here. Last, last scripture for this morning. It says, preach the Word. Amen. Again, this is Paul talking to Timothy. Timothy was ahead of the church. Timothy was in charge. So yes, he's telling him these things because this is the person that Paul taught. 
So think about that. Who are you a Paul to? Who are you teaching? Who are you bringing up in the Word of God? Because if 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 you're if we're not teaching anybody this word, then we're not doing what God has called us to do. Every every one of us can get into this word. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have a master's or anything. You can open up this word of God. You can read it and you can begin to share it with somebody. It's as simple as that. It can be your children. It can be your mom or dad. It can be your cousins. It can be you know whoever it is that you want to teach the word of God to. If you're in it, you can teach it because it's going to teach you what to say. And that's what it says. It'll tell you exactly what to share when that moment comes when you're in the word of God. Preach the word, he says. Be instant in season, out of season. So that means at all times, if you're in the word of God, you're going to have a good word for somebody. It says reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. We're, we're at that time now. People don't want to hear the truth. They want a truth, but they don't want to hear the truth. Amen? They'd rather be they'd rather hear somebody that's gonna tell them you're okay, you're awesome, keep doing what you're doing. That's what they want to hear, but that's not the truth. That's not the truth of God. It says, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, that and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables or false things. You know, fables is what you tell kids, fantasy stuff to entertain, but it's not the truth of God. The truth of God is His Word, and that's what we got to give people. That's what we got to stand on, and that's how we can stand for Jesus. That's how we can fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Y'all bow your heads with me this morning. If you want to make a lifelong decision to follow Jesus Christ, pray this with me. Dear God, I am a sinner. I am sorry and I repent of my sins. I accept your free gift of grace that was your son, Jesus, his death on the cross for the forgiveness of all my sins. Come and live in my heart. And I make you the Lord of my life. Amen. If you pray, prayed that prayer with me, I want you to know that you're freed from sins. You, are, you have become a new creation in God because of Jesus Christ. The next steps are crucial. The next steps are very important. If you've made this decision to follow Jesus Christ and to follow him the rest of your life, find a good Bible preaching church. Get connected to the Christian community that believe in Jesus Christ and preach according to the full gospel of the Bible. Begin to study that Bible and then follow the Spirit's call for your life. I'm excited for you and your decision that you have made. And I'll be praying with you that God will lead you through the Holy Spirit to the full salvation knowledge that he has for you. God bless you.
Well, that concludes this episode of The Encounter. Thank you for taking time to meditate on the Word today. God bless you, and may the Spirit of God guide and lead you always.